Hi guys, welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show Mr. Barry Kroger, Miss Elspeth Eric, and Miss Lucille Ball in Death Plays Cat and Mouse. In this first episode starring Mr. Barry Kroger, he plays a man who has done the unthinkable and poisoned his wife to get her fortune and he thinks if he can eliminate her then he can get all her money but unfortunately for him he is haunted by his guilty conscience in the form of another man who one night plays his piano and ends up haunting him from the night his wife died until the very end and it is called Wherever I Go. And in this next episode, we find a young woman coming home from a movie theater when all of a sudden she hears over the commotion a man who she well known and who is a convicted murderer comes back. to kill her and it is called the 13th floor and in this next episode starring Miss Elspeth Eric she plays a a woman who is married with a daughter and who is settling down in a small suburban town but unfortunately for the married woman she does not know that a killer is in their midst that comes every day to our house. And it is called Sleep is for Children. And in this final episode starring Miss Steel Ball, we find her at a dance hall getting... 10 cents for a dance when one day she ends up running late to her job and her boss Marino is very upset with her but unbeknownst to Miss Ginger Allen she does not know that the killer is closer to her than she thinks when her friend and co-worker is found murdered in her apartment and it is called Dime a Dance. And join us after the show, guys, to hear Jeepers Creepers. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed. And always remember, guys, to enjoy the show. Thanks. good. Besides, you're pointing it the wrong way. I'm pointing it right between your eyes. That's what I mean. I... Midnight. The witching hour when the night is darkest. 
Our fear is the strongest, and our strength at its lowest ebb. Midnight, when the graves gape open and death strikes. How? You'll learn the answer in just a minute in Wherever I Go. of mystery and terror by Masters of the Macabre. Our story, A Study in Crime and Retribution, is by William Morwood. Its title, Wherever I Go. The music room of an old country mansion. Seated at the piano, playing with the skill of an accomplished musician, is Gordon Ormsby. Engrossed in what he is doing, he is not aware his wife, Ellen, has come in until... Goodness sakes, Gordon, when are you going to stop that pounding? What? Well, I thought you enjoyed music, my dear. I do, when it's well played. Oh, don't be childish. You might have a little consideration for my headache. You and your headaches. There's nothing whatever wrong with you. The doctors have as good as told you that. It's all in your mind. The affectation of a silly, rich woman. Lucky for you, I am rich. Well, where would you be now? Someplace where I'd amount to something. <laughs> I had talents when I married you, Ellen. I could have been a great musician or a great painter or writer. You were what you are now, what you always will be, a dilettante, a dabbler. It's your money that ruined me, softened me up, robbed me of my ambition. If you hate my money so much, there's nothing to prevent you walking out on it. I will, someday. Not if I know you. You'll stick around as long as I have a penny left. Oh, my head. Oh, you poor, poor darling. Oh, I don't expect sympathy from you, but, oh, when I feel like this, I could kill myself. Oh. That would be too much to hope for. Wouldn't it be nice for you, Gordon? Little me out of the way, and all my wicked money to spend exactly as you pleased. But don't worry. I'll live to a ripe old age, just to spite you. I'd never thought of it before. Her dying? Never. But after that, I couldn't get it out of my head. There was so much I could do with her money. I could go abroad, study. But first, I had to get rid of her. It was dangerous even to think about, but I conceived a plan and developed it carefully, slowly, step by step. Ellen, we've got rats in the cellar. I saw signs of them today. How awful. We must do something about it. Ellen, have you done anything about those rats? I ordered some stuff from the drugstore. Well, there's only one thing that's any good, and you'll have to get a prescription for that. Arsenic. Let's eat home on Thursday, Ellen. Oh, but it's a servant's night out, and we always go to a restaurant. I know, but I want to try my hand at cooking up something. Well, it's sure to be poison, but... <laughs> All right. We ate dinner at home on Thursday, the two of us alone together. Afterwards, Ellen complained of a headache and went up to her room. I followed a little later. This is a surprise. I brought you a cup of cocoa, my dear, to 
I'll put you to sleep. That's suspiciously thoughtful of you, Gordon. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid it's still too hot to drink. I'll put it down here. What have you done to your hand? What? It's all bandaged up. Oh, I scalded it in the kitchen. It's a nuisance, too. I, I wanted to write tonight. What are you working on now, Shakespeare? Your memoirs? <laughs> no, dear. I don't expect to die for a while yet. No, it's a story about a girl suffering from an incurable disease who uh, commits suicide. It sounds morbid to me. Oh, but it's not. I'm making it, making it very tender and beautiful. As a matter of fact, I did mean to write the death scene tonight. With this hand, I'm... Say, Ellen, hmm? would you help me out? How? Well, I've got the girl's suicide note all set in my mind. But I can't write with this hand. Would you write it down? While I dictate it? Oh, do it yourself tomorrow. Oh, please. It'll only take a minute. Please. Oh, all right. Where's some paper? Here. But that's my very best stationery. I hate to waste it. <laughs> it won't be wasted. Ready? Yes. Here goes. It's, uh... Uh... I can't stand the pain any longer. Um... Nobody knows how much I've suffered. Death will be peaceful compared to this. Wait a minute. What? What's wrong? You're going too fast. Oh. Death will be... What? Peaceful compared to this. Uh, forgive me for what I'm doing, but this is the only way out. Signed... Yes? Ellen. What? I named her that, dear, because she reminded of me, of you, so noble in her suffering. I, I thought you'd be pleased. Well, I'm not. You'll have to think of some other name. All right. Jane. Jane? You remember Jane Turner, the girl I was going with when I met you? I don't think she'd mind. But I would. There. It's signed, Ellen. Thank you, my dear. You don't know how much this means to me. Oh, my head's splitting. Oh, I'm sorry. Coco? Ah, drink it. That should end your headache. Drink it, Helen. Tastes queer. Well, I, I couldn't find the sugar, so I sweetened it with maple syrup. Well, I don't suppose it'll kill me. Drink oh. it all. Drink it all. There. Oh. What's the matter? Oh, that pain. Gordon, do something. <laughs> Why are you... It won't be long now, Ellen. You mean That arsenic you... you bought for the rats. You... you you're mad. They'll... They'll hang you for this. <laughs> no, Ellen. Oh, no. You have left a note behind. It's a clear case of suicide. <laughs> I was shaking all over. Yet my nerves had to be steady for what lay ahead of me. My own life depended on it. Music. Music, that would relax me. The piano. I raced downstairs for the music room, but before I reached it, I heard the playing. I pushed open the door. A man was sitting there. A man I'd never seen before, but who was somehow vaguely familiar. Hello. Who are you? Don't you know? Well, of course not. What are you doing here? There was nobody at the piano. I didn't think you'd mind. Well, I do mind. I... How'd you get in? The door's locked. Is it? I didn't notice. Breaking and entering, huh? 
I've got a good mind to call the police. I'm sorry you're so suspicious. Still, I realize the strain you must be under. What do you mean by that? I'm afraid I'm interrupting you in business vital to both of us. I'll call again some other time. Oh, wait. You can't leave like this. At least tell me your name. I have many different names. When the time comes, you can call me by any one of them. Goodbye. I put the stranger out of my mind. Too much depended on the telephone call I had to make. A single slip-up now, and a rope was waiting for me. I dialed with shaking fingers. Dr. Sampson, this is Gordon Ormsby. You must come at once. Ellen is dead. I... I think she's taken poison. It worked out, just as I'd planned, just as I'd hoped it would. The doctor's visit, the police, the inquest, no false moves, no suspicions. I became the sole inheritor of a large estate and a free man. I moved out of the old house and into a hotel suite in town. I don't know when it started to happen, but I first knew that something was wrong when my fingers would no longer obey me at the piano. Nothing would come. Or rather, nothing but discords. I decided that my nerves were overstrained, that I needed a rest. Figured a trip somewhere would do me good. I went to the telephone to order my car brought around first thing in the morning. But before I picked up the receiver... Yes? I'm going with you, Gordon. Who is this? Your friend. Uh, I'll see you first thing in the morning. But... uh, Number, please. Uh, Operator, uh, you, you cut me off. I was making a very important call. There must be some mistake, sir. There was no call on your line. Wait, I couldn't. I packed that evening. I slipped a gun into my pocket. I left the hotel. By 11 o'clock, I was far out in the open country, driving west. The night was pitch black, and every mile I burrowed further into the darkness. Then suddenly, a terrible conviction came over me. I knew I wasn't alone. I'm coming up front now, Gordon. You! I said I was coming with you. When did you get in this car? I've been here right along. You drive well, Gordon. A cool head and a steady hand. But then you had to have them, didn't you? What does that mean? I was just thinking out loud. The money's nice, but music means a lot too, doesn't it? Oh. A pity that went sour on you. Look, I don't know who you are or what you're talking about. And yet you proved a point to Ellen. You proved that you were an artist in a way, even though she couldn't live to appreciate it. Her death? was your masterpiece. The sweat stood out on my forehead. My mouth was dry. I... I didn't want it this way. One murder was enough to haunt me. But he left me with no alternative. He knew too much. Somewhere along that road, when the night was darkest, I knew I had to kill. Stranger. Yes. The mysterious stranger seems to know a great deal. Is it possible he knows even more than Gordon suspects about his plan for murder at midnight?
I knew what I was looking for. A lonely stretch of road with no sign of life. At last the headlights found it. A valley with trees growing down to the edge of the road. The stranger seemed asleep, but he stirred as I jammed on the brakes. Hey, what's wrong, Gordon? Must have a flat. The wheel feels funny. Uh, would you mind having a look? That would be very unwise for me. Why? You have a gun in your pocket. I would make a perfect target out in the headlights. Oh, since you're so suspicious. Here, take it. You amuse me, Gordon. However... How do they look? All right on this side. I'm sure it's one of the front tires. I'll see the other side. <laughs> standing squarely in front of the radiator when I got him. Just to make sure, I backed the car over his body. I dragged him across the ditch and into the woods. I dug a shallow grave with a tire iron, hacking in among the roots and the rocks. And then I covered him over. I got back into the car. I needed a drink. And when I came to a juke joint along the highway, I stopped. What's yours, mister? Scotch, straight. You been driving hard, mister? Why? You look all in. <sighs> Give me another shot. Uh, no, no, wait. Uh, look, I'll buy the bottle. I don't know it's one to sell. You know, scotch is hard to get around here. I'll pay for it. I took the bottle over to a booth and began putting it away. I felt better. Warm inside. It was going to be all right after all. The stranger was dead, and they'd never find his body. I was in the clear with nothing to worry about. Help a poor blind man. Help a blind man. There was something about that blind man's stick that got on my nerves. He came up to my table. Help the old blind man, please. Get away from here. Please, sir, if you'd be so kind. Will you get away? Uh, yes, sir. I'm sorry. I don't want any favors from anyone. I, I said did. beat it. Oh, hey. I'm going, but you shouldn't have done that. What's going on here? What's the idea of shoving Nettie? He was annoying me. He... Then I saw him. He had the blind man by the elbow and was leading him toward the door. The stranger. What's the matter with you, mister? What are you staring at? There. Don't you see him? Oh, blind Ned? Well, sure. No, no. The man with him, opening the door. There's nobody with him. Blind Ned don't need nobody. He's been going in and out of here by himself for years. But it was he. I knew it was. I'd killed him, buried him, and... Well, was he dead or wasn't he? I had to know. I drove back up the road. There were the trees and the broken weeds and the ditch through which I'd dragged the body. I walked carefully among the leaves 
searching for the grave. Hello there. What? What you doing? Oh, who are you? State trooper. Saw your car parked on the road, followed you in. Well, I'm looking for my watch. I lost it here this afternoon at a picnic. I didn't realize it until I got home, so of course sure, I turned around. Sure, sure, I'll help you. Oh, no, please don't bother. No bother, I got a flashlight here. Well, it's, it's awfully nice of you, but I don't think... Hey, what's this? What? Where? Ground's all scraped up into a... Looks like a grave. Oh. Well, what would a grave be doing here? That's what I'd like to know. Give me a hand, will you? Fresh dirt and rocks digs easy. Well, I... <clears throat> what's the matter? Scared? Oh, no, no, no. It's just a... down to the bottom, anyhow. Oh. Well, I'll be. What is it? It's a grave, all right. But if there was ever a body in it, it's gone now. I had only one idea after that to get away. To get away as far away as possible. I drove like a wild man the rest of the night and all next day, stopping only for gas. Finally, I just couldn't drive any farther. I stopped at a small hotel, went up to the desk to register. Okay, sign here, please. All right. All right. Um, I'm driving across country, and I've got to start first thing in the morning. Okay, certainly, Mr. Uh, uh, Ormsby. Ormsby, okay. Uh, what time would you like to be called? At daylight. And another thing, I don't want to be disturbed under any circumstances. Yes, That's important. No matter who wants to see me, on what excuse, I don't want to be disturbed. I understand, Mr. Ormsby. Now, if you follow the point, the elevator doors were just closing when I saw him. He'd come in from the street and was walking across the lobby to the desk. I reached my room, dismissed the bellhop, and locked the door. With a shaking hand, I picked up the telephone. Yes, clerk? Uh, this is Mr. Ormsby. I thought I recognized a friend of mine in the lobby. A man about the same height and build as myself. Uh, dressed in a gray suit. I am afraid... Well, he came in right after me. I haven't seen him in some time, and well, I've forgotten his name. Would you mind looking in the register and telling me what it is? Just a minute now, look. Here we are. Your signature, Mr. Ormsby, and uh, then... Uh, yes? I'm sorry, sir. There is something, but the name's blotted. I, I can't make it out. I knew now there was no escape. I took the money from my billfold and piled it on the table. I examined my revolver to make sure it was loaded. And then I sat and waited. A few minutes before midnight, the knock came. Come in. Hello. You act as if you were expecting me. I was. The only thing I'm not sure about is what you want. Or rather, how much. You should know. All the cash I've got is on the table. Nearly $500. Helen left you a good deal more than that. All right, I'll write you out a check. Name the amount. Everything you possess. What? Are you crazy? Do you honestly think after the risks I took, the, the, the risks I'm still taking, I'd give everything away to a cheap blackmailer? Murder is an expensive hobby, Gordon. Well, not that expensive. If you want to be reasonable, say $50,000. i am afraid there's no compromise. And I'm not just talking about money. Listen, this is your last chance. 50,000 or... Or what, Gordon? Or you don't leave this room alive. You tried to kill me once before, remember? No, I lost my head. The car only stunned you and I didn't make sure that you were dead. 
It'll be different this time. It's always going to be different, isn't it, Gordon? When you disposed of Alan, you were going to lead such a rich, beautiful life. But what happened to it? Your music went. You couldn't play. You shut up. And then your heart went. You struck out at an old blind man. Listen, you. There isn't very much left now, except your mind. And that's starting to go, too. Sometimes you see me, sometimes you don't. I see you now. Large as life. But do you see this? That gun won't do you any good. Besides, you're pointing it the wrong way. I'm pointing it right between your eyes. That's what I mean. Well, you... He was gone. Yes, gone. Nowhere in the room. Then I heard the rapping at the door. In a daze, mechanically, I opened it. Anything wrong, mister? What? Who are you? The house detective, I thought I heard. Oh, you must have seen him. He must have run past you in the corridor. Who? The stranger, the man who was in my room. Oh, I did Hey, be careful of that gun. Well, I had to shoot him. He was threatening me. He was standing over there when I let him have it. Oh, uh, yeah? What did he look like? He's about my height and build, wearing a gray suit. Like the one you're wearing? Huh? Oh. Oh, yes. I thought so. Look. At what? The mirror. You shot at your own reflection. You mean... Now do you know who I am, Gordon? There! Didn't you hear him? Hear what? What are you talking about? No, no. No, you wouldn't hear. Only I would. And, and now I do know who and what he is. I know why I couldn't escape him. Here. Here, take this gun. I want to give myself up. Give yourself up? My name is Gordon Ormsby. I killed my wife. I poisoned her. I made it look like suicide. And there never was any trial. Oh, I get it. Sure, It was a perfect sure. crime. At least I thought it was a perfect crime until he came into the picture. Now, don't you worry about it one bit, Mr. Ormsby. You just now, wait come a along with wait me. Wait a minute. You, you think I'm making it up. That I'm crazy, don't you? No, You do no. think so. But it's true. Every word of it. Sure, I got a good friend who's a doctor. You tell him doctor. all about it. No. No, he won't believe me either. Nobody will believe me. They'll all think that I'm mad. And... Oh, don't you see? That's why I have to give myself up. Because that's the only way I can get away from him. If you hang me. But if you don't... They won't, Gordon. <gasps> They'll put you away. And wherever you go, I'll be there, too. Remember that? <laughs> wherever you go. Taking him firmly by the arm, the detective leads the struggling Gordon out into the corridor, a corridor that grows darker and darker until it is completely black. Somewhere in that blackness, a voice is whispering, whispering, and it continues to whisper until it is drowned by a clock striking 12 for murder. Adams. 
Barry Kroger. With music by Charles Paul, Murder at Midnight was directed by Anton M. Leder. open, see if you've got a heart. See, I don't believe you have. And I just want to prove how a body can walk around without one. Midnight, the witching hour when the night is darkest, our fears the strongest, and our strength at its lowest ebb. Midnight, when the graves gape open and death strikes. How? You'll learn the answer in just a minute in the 13th floor. And now, Murder at Midnight. Tales of Mystery and Terror by Radio's Masters of the Macabre. Our story by Winifred Wolfe is The Thirteenth Floor. Hotel corridors scare me late at night. They're too long and too creepy. I'm always afraid the walls like big, flat, plaster hands are going to close in on me. I wish somebody was around. Any... No, 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 not anybody. Anybody might be Nicky. And his hands aren't made out of plaster, they're bone and they're blood. And they want to choke the breath out of me. I just gotta get down this corridor and close the door behind me. I'll lock it and hide under the covers. Till I turn on the radio and I hear that switch. I was pulled in a little room. And Nicky's dead, full of hot sparks and his big hands hanging like putty. Then I won't have to be afraid anymore. It's what happened tonight, just, just now. Making the inside of me all curdled and sour and sick. Even if I live a million more days, I won't forget how I came into that lobby. 
just like always. I walked over to the desk. Hi, Joe. What's a good word? Yeah. Got a rent statement from the hotel. No letters. Oh. Uh, certainly it's hot out, isn't it? Sort of muggy and sticky. Think it's gonna rain? Maybe. <laughs> you don't like me very much, do you? No, not very much. You'll excuse me, I'm quite busy, Miss Holmes. Hey, Owen. you're a fresh little punk. I ought to tell the manager. It's a fine way to treat guests who pay their bills. Don't I always pay my rent on time? Sure. Why not? $5,000 lasts a while if you take care of it. Why, you... Hey, wait a second. Hold that elevator. Sweet dreams, Miss Owen. I said hold the elevator a second. What's the idea almost slamming it in my face? Sorry, Miss Owen. Yeah, yeah, I bet you are. Oh, Mr. Talbot, evening. Good evening. Sure is hot out, wouldn't you say? I was saying to Joe, muggy and sticky. Yes. Um, I was uh, just at an awful good movie at the Franklin. Tomorrow night they're having Lana Turner. You like Lana Turner? Very much. Yeah, me too. A lot of women don't because they're jealous of the way she looks. Me, though, I got blonde hair myself. <laughs> I was uh, planning to see her tomorrow night. Do you plan to... Sorry, Miss Owen. I have an appointment tomorrow evening. Uh, ha, ha, ha. You run the elevator, you fresh punk. That's what you're hired for. Oh, uh, by the way... Me? No, uh, Tommy. Oh. Uh, yes, sir. Will you let me in with your passkey? I forgot mine. Yeah, sure thing, Mr. Talbot. Car stopped and I got out. I was glad to get out. Your floor. Yeah, thanks for nothing. That's when it began, right then. The light from the elevator looked like a lot of lemonade only being poured the wrong way up instead of down. Hey, I remember thinking that. I don't even remember it now. I looked at my watch with two minutes to midnight. I started down the hall. I have a feeling something's wrong. Don't be to get the jitters for nothing. Everything looked the same. Nothing was any different. My room was at the end of the hall. I took my key out and I shoved it in the lock. Nothing. I kept twisting it and pushing against it with my knee. Then, all of a sudden, I looked up and realized what was wrong. The number on the door was 1307, not 1407. Huh. It was on the wrong floor. That was it. That rotten little kid. I'll fix him. I was ready to bet he'd done it on purpose. Then... <laughs> Give Nicky a kiss, baby. Aren't you glad to see me? Nicky. Come on in. I've been waiting for you a long time. I said come in. I'm getting a draft. Nicky, let go of my arm. You're hurting me. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Maybe I don't know my own strength, huh? What do you want? How'd you get in here? One thing at a time. Don't rush me. What'd you lock the door for? I don't like interruptions. You never used to either when you were alone with me. Remember, Kitty? I don't remember nothing. Yeah, I know. You got a memory like a faucet. You turn it off and on, off and on. Wonderful. Take me, for instance. I have the kind of a memory you can't turn off. Keeps running all the time. The longer it runs, the hotter it gets. It's so hot now, Kitty, it'll scald you. Look, uh, Nicky. I am looking. You're still a nice-looking number, you know. I always did like the way your waist curves in, how white your neck you is. You didn't come here to tell me how I look. toss your hair over your shoulder <laughs> like it gets in your way. Go ahead, Kitty. Toss your hair back for Nicky. What are you trying to do, dangle me on a string? Yeah, you're still a good-looking number. 
I don't look so hot, though, do I? You think maybe I lost a little weight? Look, uh, Nikki, please. My face let, looks let me... kind of pasty. That's because you don't get much chance for fresh air, sweating what's left of time away in a death cell. If I scream, the police will come and get you. If you come near me, I'll you scream. You won't scream. No, come one step closer now. You won't me. scream because there's not that much sound left in you. It's all frozen and sticking in your throat like an ice cube. Because you're afraid. You're afraid of me. Try screaming, Kitty. I... Uh, you see? Uh, What'd I tell you? Nikki, I can help you. I can hide you here so they won't find you. Then I can help you get away, Nikki. Anywhere you want, I promise. I asked you before to kiss me. You still haven't, you know. No, don't, don't, don't come near me, please. You used to like it. You never used to wait for me to don't. ask you. Nikki, don't. No. Sometimes he used to come over to me without me asking. Well, what's the matter? Do I look as bad as all that? Oh, you afraid I'll get your pretty dress dirty? But you got to give me a chance. I can explain. I know I'm not clean. You know, I crawled for half a mile in the mud until I couldn't hear the dogs chasing me anymore. If I'd known you were going to act like this, I would have said... you got to give me a I break. I would have said, Warden, call me a taxi. A nice, clean taxi so I can go see my girl, Kitty Owen. A cheap little squealer sold me down a river for five Gs. Five thousand lousy bucks. Take your hands off me. Oh, I like to hold your face like such a little face. Such big eyes. Big green eyes like a small tiger. Kitty, kitty. Like a cat. A sly, sneaky cat with long blonde hair. Don't you remember how I used to kiss you like this? Like this? Just like this? Okay. You act like you do remember. You remember too, don't you? You remember how it used to be with us, Mickey? Feel my hair the way it used to. Go and you like to do it. You said it was soft like silk. Feel my hair, Nikki. You're not mad at me, are you? I said I was sorry. I went crazy. I didn't know what I was doing. I help you now, Nikki. You want to run your, your fingers through my hair, Nikki? You old lousy little tramp. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. You crying, huh? Cat crying crocodile tears. Are you crying because you're sorry for me? You're sorry because sooner or later the cops will catch up with me, drag me back, and I'll burn to a crisp in the chair, huh? Are you crying because you know what I'm going to do to you? Remember how it used to be with us, Nicky? I know when I broke out they'd find me, but I wanted to say goodbye to you first. I wanted to kiss you. See if it still did the same things to me. I'll tell you something, Kitty. You leave me cold. Uh, that knife. What are you going to do with that knife? I'm going to cut you open and see if you've got a heart. I don't believe you have. I just want to prove how come a body can walk around without a heart. Just arms and legs stuck together with nothing to make them run. They'll get you through this. Yeah. What are they going to do? Electrocute me first, then take me out and hang me? What's the difference? I'll tell you, Nikki, how it was. Just let me tell you. After you held up that, that jewelry store and the old dame was killed, when they put up the 5,000 bucks, I went crazy. Yeah? Honest, Nikki, I must have been clear out of my head. I've been sorry ever since, but yeah. I figured the cops would get you for it anyway, and that I'd be left with nothing. I didn't have a cent. So you didn't wait. You turned me in yourself. But I didn't I... know what I was doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to kill you, Kitty Owen. It won't help any. It'll help me. Stay away from me. The only prayer is saying it should be good for a laugh. No, no, please. Kitty, 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 like a cat. No. Yes, Kitty, yes, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna... I got him. Following me slow like that, he didn't notice when I backed up to the table, picked up the vase. And after I hit him, he didn't know it then either. Just went down looking surprised. 
I knew he wouldn't be out long. So I bent over him and took the key off his pocket. He moved and made a funny little noise through his lips. Then I stopped breathing altogether. empty, no one around. I started to run down the narrow little corridor of the 13th floor. I pressed the elevator button and I waited. Help, that was the only way I could get it. It seemed like hours instead of seconds. Finally, I heard it coming. I felt like I was standing on hot coals. My insides wouldn't stand still. The hand of the clock above the elevator climbed slowly from five to six and to seven. I was going crazy to stand on there. From seven to eight. Exploded. My legs were soft, sticky pieces of dough, hardly able to hold my body up. The elevator had stopped at 12, and then went on to 14. 14! Then I remembered that it wasn't going to stop. It couldn't stop. Because in this building, there wasn't any 13th floor. A man from the death house. And the girl who betrayed him, playing cat and mouse on a floor that doesn't exist. The hand of the elevator indicator did not stop at 13. But the hands of the watch on Kitty's wrist have stopped at 12. All ready for... Murder at to Murder at Midnight and the 13th floor. The 13th floor. Yeah, that's where I was, a floor that didn't exist, so how could I get out? How could I get away? What was I going to do? I didn't understand. I didn't understand anything. Pretty good little slugger, baby. Nick. You took so much trouble to unlock the door, you should have taken a little time to lock it again after you. Don't come after me with that knife. Please, don't. <laughs> I don't want to die. You think I did? Why don't you give me another chance, What Nikki? chance did you give me? Oh! Well, I didn't think you had that in you. Well, why doesn't somebody come, huh? Maybe it's because there isn't anybody besides us. Cozy, huh? Uh, uh. Try it again. Go ahead. Try it on again. Maybe you'll have better luck. <laughs> He was leaning against the door halfway down the hall, just leaning there and watching me because he knew he had me cornered. And I wasn't cornered. I turned and I ran the other way around the corner and down another hall. I didn't know if I really heard him running after me or if it was just the pounding in my head making the noise. I got to the end of the hall, then I stopped out of breath and looked behind. He wasn't there. No sign of him. I sucked in my breath so even that didn't make any sound. Then I listened. I listened to nothing at all because it was so quiet. It was so awful quiet, I could hear it. The wall I leaned against was big and flat and gray, and the corners jutted out under the, into the hall like dead fingers. I looked to the right side of me, down the corridor. And Mickey wasn't there. So I turned my head. I looked up the hall, almost hoping in a way I'd see him and get it over with instead of this weight. And I wasn't there either. I tried to squeeze myself, my shoulder blades, into the wall so I could hide. But it was hard and cold. It wouldn't move. Nicky. Nicky. Nicky, where are you? 
For the love of heaven, say something so I'll know where you are. Don't just keep standing here. I can't take it. Nikki! Nikki, I'm sick. My stomach's sick, so am I. Just make some noise. Nikki, where are you? found myself back at the elevator again. I knew he was around somewhere. Around one of those corners that were jutting out like dead fingers, waiting. The elevator was coming up again. The hand was up to 11. I had to stop. I pressed the button, threw all my weight against it. And it did. It did. The big door was sliding open, and I was safe. Going up or down, Kitty Owen? I'll take you wherever you want to go. Again, I can't stand it. I'll take you for a ride. No, I won't go. Well, didn't you ring me? I heard you ring. Come on. <laughs> Get in. Just the two of us. We'll go for a ride. <laughs> Only just one of us will come back. I said, Get in. All the time he was talking, I was backing away. I was backing away. And then all of a sudden, I saw at a door with a bright red sign that said, Stairway Down. My last chance, I almost leaped to it. I opened the door and I flew down the stairs. It wasn't easy with high heels, but even so, the sound of them was like music. Sweet, hot music from a clarinet, because I knew they were taking me down. Faster, faster. Uh, I fell a couple of times. I caught myself. I clinged to the banister. <laughs> it was still there. So I kept running. Suddenly, there I was. I was out on the street again. Now I was really safe. There were always a lot of people in the streets. But I didn't see any people, just a big policeman with a red face. Boy, he sure looked good to me. Hey, hey wait a minute. Now, 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 take it easy, miss. Don't get excited. Hey, look, Nicky Carstairs, he's in that hotel. He's after me. Carstairs? Yeah. Sure, and who are you wanting to kid? It can't be. Look, he's out, I tell you. I saw him, he wants to kill me. But Nicky Carstairs is in the death cell. Don't you read the papers? Say, I'll have you reported. What kind of a cop are you anyway? What kind of a woman are you without a heart? Just arms and legs stuck together with nothing to make them go. You're not a policeman. You're Nicky. You're still Nicky. You didn't look like Nicky a second ago. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. What's the get up? How do I look? Nicky, please, no, not anymore. I told you we were playing cops and robbers, and this time I'm the cop. And I'm still gonna kill you, Kitty Owen. It wasn't over yet. I had to run again. My last stronghold. My last hope, the hotel lobby. If there was no one there, I'd just give up. I was through. As I ran around the corner, I thought the war had ended all over again because there was confetti coming out of all the windows, so much of it. Fallen. The sidewalks were beginning to look like it had been snowing for a long time. I ran over them like a carpet. I ran with my eyes down and I could see the headlines. Nikki Carstairs in death house prison break. No one had to tell me this. I ran into the lobby to find people, to tell them where he was. There was no one there either. Only Joe at the desk. Joe? Oh, early the night, Miss Owen. Not quite midnight. Look, Joe, I know you don't like me, but you gotta help me. Reading the papers about Nikki Carstairs breaking out? Yeah, 
That's what I'm trying to... $5,000 should last you a little while if you take care of it. Hey, Joe, he's here. He's in the hotel. He's chasing me. That's a lot of money, $5,000. What's to kill me? You've got to help me. Sweet dreams, Miss Owen. He's here. Can't you understand? He's on the 13th floor. There's no 13th floor in this building. He's there. I tell you, Sweet dreams, Miss Owen. I know there wasn't any use arguing, and he wouldn't believe me. Even if he did, he wouldn't help me because he didn't like me. Going up. No one would believe me. There was only one thing left for me to do, lock myself in my room on the 14th floor, stay there until they caught Nicky. I leaned against the back of the car, crouched in a corner. My eyes closed because I was so tired. I was so tired. I kept thinking of a bed, a big white bed, clean white sheets to crawl between, and a door that was locked. Sorry to have to bother you about that pass key, Tommy. I just forgot to pick mine up at the desk. Like a glass of cold water had been thrown on top of me. I opened my eyes. The Talbot guy was in the car again. No. Not again. Still. And he was talking about the pass key the way he had before. No, not before either. Because when I looked at my watch, it was still a minute to midnight. Then I suddenly knew. I was so weak with relief I wanted to cry. Yeah. I heard him say it. Sometimes you can see your whole life pass by in just a second. That lifetime I lived in the elevator. All in my head. Was sandwiched in between a couple of floors. It never really happened. It was just that I had been dreading for months coming back some night, finding Nikki there waiting for me. My mind had invented a 13th floor. When it never was there at all. And the cop and the newspapers that said Nikki was out. All part of it. Crazy half dream. Of course he wasn't out. I told myself it was all part of it. I never got out of the elevator. I was there all the time. All the time. Your floor, Miss Owen. Fourteen? Sure, fourteen. Ain't that your floor? You're sure this time, aren't you? What are you talking about this time? I mean, <laughs> never mind. 1401. That was on the first door. I was on the right floor this time. I was I'm feeling better already. What a fool I've been. I started to walk down the hall. I had a feeling terrible, and the boy in the elevator was watching me. I wish they shut the door and go on. Say, Mr. Talbot. Yes? Did you read about Nicky Costas? No, what? He escaped. Got out of the death house. Is that so? He's on the loose. Good night, Miss Owen. <laughs> Hotel corridors scare me. They're too long and too creepy. I'm always afraid the walls, like big flat plaster hands, are gonna close in. Now I know it was more than just dreading it for weeks. Made me imagine. Nicky was out and after me. Must have known it all along. Had a feeling I wasn't safe. go to my own room. I'll lock the door and hide under the covers till I hear they found him. Took him back. Till I hear he's dead, I won't have to be afraid anymore. Not anymore. Give Nikki a kiss, baby. Aren't you glad to see me? 
floor this time, a floor that does exist, but the hands of the watch on Kitty's wrist still stand at 12 for murder at midnight. <laughs> Kitty was played by Ann Shepard, and Paul Mann was Nicky. With music by Charles Paul, Murder at Midnight was directed by Anton M. Leader. Get out of here. 
Get out of my house this instant or I'm going to call the police. <laughs> I'm afraid you won't get the chance. What are you going to do? What I did to the others. Others? You killed them. That's right. But why? Why me? Because you're all alone tonight, like they were. No, you don't. No! Please don't! Please! And for the fourth time last night, the suburban town of Woodlake was the scene of a brutal and meaningless murder. The latest victim was Mrs. Leland Worth, 34 years old, who was found strangled in her living room by police late last night. All four victims have been homeowners in some of Woodlake's recently completed housing developments. Local authorities admitted today that they were still in the dark as oh, to the identity of the vicious marauder. However, the search is... Con Local authorities still in the dark. It's just terrible. When are the police going to do something? Well, they only got eight men on the force. Woodlake ain't like the big city. I'm beginning to wish we were back in the big city. At least I felt safe in my apartment at night. Oh, now, city's no place to bring up a little girl like you or Stephanie. Mr. Gordon working late again tonight? Yes, it's income tax time. Busiest part of the year for an auditor. Well, sooner or later they're going to catch up with whoever's doing these killings, and then everybody can relax. Oh, uh, should I fix Stephanie some breakfast? You better let me see if I can coax her into opening the bathroom door first. Oh, that's a real cute trick. Locking herself in the bathroom every time she gets mad at you. Cute. Stephanie? You hear me up there? You know, what that child needs is to get her bottom blistered a few times. She'd stop her foolish... Stephanie! Unlock that door and come down this minute. Do you hear me? All right, young lady, I'm calling your father. Hello? It's me, Walter. How do you feel? Exhausted, honey. I couldn't get back to sleep after those police sirens woke me last night. Then the bump on my head kept throbbing. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I bawled Stephanie out about leaving her roller skates in the hall like that. So you can just guess where she is now. Uh-huh. Yeah. The bathroom. Yeah. I guess I'll have to take the lock off the door. Any news about the murder? No. Walter, I'm frightened about staying here alone tonight. Look, Alan, there's nothing to worry about. I phoned the Woodlake police, and the chief promised to have a special man patrol the entire project all night. Anyway, why don't you ask Rosa to stay over? Or at least until I get home. Can I speak to Daddy? Uh, well, at last. Walter, your daughter's finally come out. She wants to speak to you. <laughs> okay, put her on. Here, Stephanie, now don't talk too long. Daddy's awfully busy. And be sure to put the phone back when you're finished. I'll be in the kitchen. Hello, Daddy. Hello, sweetie. How's my love? Oh, fine, Daddy. Well, that's good. Stephanie, take it easy on your mother. Locking yourself in the bathroom is not a nice thing to do. She yelled at me this morning. Well, you deserved it, honey. Daddy nearly broke his neck last night stepping on your roller skate. You bent the skate? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but... Oh, Daddy, somebody's at the door. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye, Stephanie. Stephanie, hang up the phone, darling. Stephanie. Mr. Bepler? Uh, your mama home? Uh-huh. Well, tell her I brought her eggs. Mommy, the egg man's here. Oh, good morning, Mr. 
Sheriff? Sorry I'm late, Miss Gordon, but I've been working with the police all morning on that uh, Worth murder. Well, I didn't know you run the police force. Well, I ain't, really. Some of us old residents have been deputized temporarily since these things started around here. Do you have time for a cup of coffee? <laughs> never say no to coffee, Miss Gordon. <laughs> Pour a cup of coffee for Mr. Bethel Rosa. Sure. Have any idea who did it? Well, not yet. Uh, they're looking for a feller I told them about, uh... I've seen him hanging around these parts. Well, probably some delinquent from one of these new families. It could be, Rosa. Well, could you, be. you know, you was born on that chicken farm of yours, Abel. You you ever remember having trouble like this before all this here building started and those city folks moved out here? Can't remember nothing more violent than a man beating his wife. Or vice versa. Oh, I tell you, some of these new people, mighty peculiar. Now, Rosa, that, that ain't true of everybody. You couldn't ask for anybody nicer than Miss Gordon here. Well, thank you, Mr. Beppler. I just hope you catch that man soon before I'm a nervous wreck. Oh, he ain't likely to try to break in where there's men folks around. Them last three houses, the women were all alone. Well, that's just it. My husband's working late these nights. He hardly ever gets home till after midnight. I see. Well, uh... How about Rosa here, keeping you company? Well, as a matter of fact, Rosa, Mr. Gordon just suggested the same thing. Oh, now, I'm sorry, Miss Gordon. I already promised Miss McCloskey across the road to stay with her. Her husband's out of town. Dear. Well, there's no need to fret, Miss Gordon. The chief just assigned me to patrol this area tonight. I'll be handy, should you need me. In just a moment, we will return for the second act of Suspense. Munch, munch, munch a bunch of Fritos, corn chips. It's not polite to smack your lips, but you can't help it with Fritos, corn chips. Munch, munch, munch a bunch of Fritos, corn chips. Whenever you have a party or friends drop in, serve a bowl of crisp Fritos corn chips and watch your guests dig in. They're golden chips of corn just made to munch. Serve them plain or with your favorite dip. There's a special Fritos in a king-size style that's just right for dips. Munch, munch, munch a bunch of Fritos corn chips. You'll find Fritos corn chips taste just right whenever the occasion calls for good munching. They have such good crisp flavor, such good-for-you nourishment. There's contentment in every munch. Get Fritos today. F-R-I-T-O-S. Fritos corn chips. Munch, munch, munch a bunch of Fritos corn chips. Hello, Stephanie, Ellen, somebody come to the phone. Phone's still tied up, Walter? Yeah, doggone it. Wait, I hear some voices. They must be no phone. Dollar thirty. Sixty-five cents this week. Hello? Yeah, thank you, Miss Gordon. And don't worry about tonight. I'll be keeping an eye on Hello, hello. Somebody come to the phone. Goodbye. Thanks for the coffee. Oh, hello. That child. Stephanie, you did it again. You left the phone off the hook. Hello, Ellen. Hello. Hello. Uh, Walter, is that you? What are you doing? What am I doing? Trying to get my phone untied. Stephanie didn't hang up. Well, why didn't you hang up? I did five minutes ago, but that doesn't disconnect us. It doesn't. I don't see why not. It's very simple, honey. The person who makes the call has to hang up. 
Otherwise, the phones remain connected. I can even hear you talking to someone. Oh, that was Mr. Beckler delivers the eggs. He was telling me about the murder. Mrs. Worth was all alone in the house. All the people who had been killed were alone. I wish you'd come home early tonight, Walter. Rosa can't stay with me. Ellen, I promise you, I'll rush. I'll get there as soon as I can. Will you keep in touch with me? Sure, honey. I'll phone every hour, okay? All right, dear. Bye. Hello? Hello, darling. Everything all right? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Aren't you sure? Well, I keep hearing strange noises outside, but I guess that's just my imagination. I'll be glad when this night's over. Stephanie asleep? Not quite. She's given me quite a day. I'm exhausted. Will you be much longer? Oh, just a couple of hours. Well, call me again then, will you, dear? Sure, honey. Meanwhile, why don't you go to bed, get some rest? All right, I'll try. I'll lie down with Stephanie. Maybe she'll go to sleep faster that way. What noises? I heard glass breaking. Oh, go to sleep, darling, please. I heard somebody walking outside. Oh, right. Now, Daddy will be home soon. See? Oh, who can that be? Yes, I'm coming. Who is it? It's me, Miss Gordon Rosa. Oh. Rosa. Come in. What are you doing here? Well, Ms. McCloskey's husband from home, so I thought I'd come over to see if you still want me to stay with you. Oh, yes. I'd appreciate it very much. I uh, found Stephanie's skates out on the porch. I figured I'd better bring them in before Mr. Gordon falls over them again. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, when will she ever learn? Mm, kids are all the same, I guess. I I'll put them someplace out of the way. Oh, you mind if I fix some coffee? No, no. Go right ahead. <clears throat> By the way, Rosie, you didn't see anybody near the house. No. Why? Well, Stephanie thought she heard something outside. Oh, might have been me coming up the driveway. She's still awake? I've never seen anyone resist sleep, so (laughs) I'd better go up to her. Well, now, just you relax. I'm here, so there's nothing to worry about. Ah, thank you, Rose. Mommy! Stephanie, I want you to get back into your bed this instant. Was that Rosa? Yes. Now, come on. Climb in. Cover up. You tuck me. All right. There. Now, good night. Good night. Mommy. What? I'm hungry. Well, that's just too bad. Oh, could I just have a glass of milk and a cookie? No, it's too late. But I'm hungry. You won't starve. Now go to sleep. Rosa, you all right? Mommy. Hush. Rosa. Is anything wrong? Stephanie, you stay here. I'll be right back. In a moment, we will return for the third act of... Suspense. Star Stuart Irwin. Nothing's worse for an actor than a nasty cold. To feel better quickly, I take wonderful four-way cold tablets, the fast way to relieve cold distress. Right. 
Tests of all the leading cold tablets proved four-way fastest acting. Four-way starts in minutes to relieve muscular pains, headache, reduce fever, calm upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. Take my advice. For your next cold, take four-way cold tablets, the fast way to relieve those cold miseries. Four-way, only 29 cents. Our program will continue in a moment after a word about another fine product of Grove Laboratories. Does dandruff dull your hair, leave scalp itchy? Get Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and get rid of unsightly dandruff in three minutes. Three minutes with Fitch regularly is guaranteed to keep embarrassing dandruff away forever. Apply Fitch before wetting hair. Rub in one minute. Add water. Lather one minute. Rinse one minute. Every trace of dandruff goes down the drain. Three minutes with Fitch... Unsightly dandruff's gone. Fitch can also leave your hair up to 35% brighter. Fitch, dandruff remover shampoo. Rosa? Rosa, where are... Ah! What are the skates doing on the floor again? Rosie in the kitchen? Rosa! Rosa, what happened? Don't stay here. He's in the house. I'll get help, Rosa. I'll... Mommy! Mommy, where are you? Stephanie, don't come in here. Ah! Stephanie! Mommy! Stephanie, what is it? What happened? The roller skate. I came down after you and I tripped on the roller oh, hush skate. Now, hush now, hush, hush, hush. Come on, come it's on, get up. Oh, but it hurts. Please, Stephanie, stand up. We've got to get out of here. No. As I say. No, no. You let go of me. Where are you going? Come back here. I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom and I'm never coming out. Stephanie, come back. Don't go after him, Miss Gordon. Mr. Beffler. Oh, Mr. Beffler, thank goodness. How did you get in here? Through the window. Oh. It's you. You. No sense trying to run, Miss Gordon. I'll just have to take it out on your little girl. Oh, you wouldn't. Don't answer it. Keep away from that phone. It's probably my husband, Mr. Pepper. You'd better let me answer it. Well, all right. All right, you talk to him. But just remember, you let on anything's wrong, and your little girl pays for it. Hello? Hello, dear. Just calling again, as I promised. Everything all right? Yes, Walter. Good. I'm almost through here. I can't find that voucher, Walter. Well, is it in the file? No, sir. Uh, honey, hold on a minute. I'll be right back. Hang up. But he... Hang up. He didn't finish talking. He'll only call back. Yeah? Well, I'll just take the phone off the hook, and then he'll get nothing but a busy signal. Why, Mr. Pepler? Why are you doing this? What harm have I done you? Harm? You're crowding me, all of you newcomers. Hedging me in, bulldozing the trees down, spoiling the land with your fancy new cigar box houses... Bankrupting us all with your taxes for schools and roads and such. My taxes have gone up double since you city people started flooding in here. That's the kind of harm you've done me. Joe, finish that. We'll call tonight. Hello, Alan. I'm sorry. Well, hello. Maybe when people like you find it ain't safe here, hello. you'll go back where you came from. Alan. That's why I killed Mrs. Worth and the others. And I'll keep on killing till you're all gone. Good Lord. Alan. Hello. Hello, operator. For heaven's sake, operator. Hello. Thank you. 
In just a moment, we will return for the concluding act of... Suspense. Thirsty people everywhere prefer ice-cold Pepsi-Cola. And because it's light, it refreshes without filling. Charlie, be sociable. I am, Kay. Pepsi is a favorite of thirsty people from Maine to Hawaii, from Alaska to Florida. Charlie. It's perfect for parties or picnics. So serve Pepsi to your guests. That's helpful, but... This is the sociable part. Keep plenty of Pepsi ice cold and ready. Remember, it goes fast because everybody likes Pepsi. Singing still sounds more inviting. May I? Be sociable, look smart. Keep up to date with Pepsi. Drink like refreshing Pepsi. Stay young and fair and debonair. Be sociable, have a Pepsi. But singing doesn't say, pick up an extra carton of Pepsi today. Better yet, get a case. You do that. Why, Rosie, Mr. Pepler, she was born here in Woodlake, like yourself. Why kill her? I didn't expect to find her here. She saw me and she'd have told now, there's no use you're backing away. Where are you going to run? Please, Mr. Beppler. Uh, see, you nearly tripped over that stage. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it out on the porch where it belongs. Sure, and start hollering for help. Come here. Let go. Let go. Oh. Oh. Mr. Beppler. Mm. Got to get away from here. Stephanie? Stephanie, where are you? Answer me, where are you? Stephanie, come out of the bathroom quickly. Stephanie, unlock the door. Hurry. No. Please. You slapped me. Stephanie, there is no time to explain. Now open the door before it's too late. No, I'm going to stay in here all night. Please, Stephanie, please. I didn't do anything. You hit me. Stephanie, I am sorry, and I'll never punish you again, darling. Just unlock the door. You promise? Yes, I promise. Now, hurry, we've got to get away from here. You ain't going nowhere. Stephanie, don't turn the lock. Don't come out. Stay in there. It won't do her no good. Who's the devil? Martin, police. Police! I'm getting out of here. Hey, there it goes. Through that window. Stop where you are. took the phone off so there'd be a busy signal. Uh, that's where Bepler made a mistake. The connection isn't broken until the calling party hangs up. Mommy! Mommy! Oh, you're a little girl all right? Yes, officer. Mommy! It's all right, dear. You can come out now. I can't. I can't. I can't turn the lock. It's stuck. I'm locked in. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Suspense. You've been listening to Sleep is for Children, a story written for suspense by Ralph Bell and Eugene Francis. In a moment, the names of our players and a word about next week's story of Suspense. 
Are you all out of tune because you're irregular? Then help yourself get back in tune with Kellogg's All Brand. You'll feel right on pitch when Kellogg's All Brand goes gently to work, relieves constipation due to lack of bulk by supplying your system with bulk-forming whole bran. Yes, a daily bowlful of Kellogg's All Brand with milk helps put you right back in tune. The natural way. The good-tasting way, too. Fact is, Kellogg's All Brand is the one brand cereal that combines proved effectiveness with appetizing taste and crispness. It never gets mushy in milk. So remember, if constipation's a problem, gentle it away, as millions do, with Kellogg's All Brand. The good food way to keep regular as clockwork. A-double-L hyphen B-R-A-N. Kellogg's All Brand. At your grocer's. Heard in tonight's story were Elspeth Eric as Ellen Gordon, Ralph Bell as Walter Gordon. Bill Adams as Mr. Bepler, and Betty Gard as Rosa. Others in our cast were Ruth Tobin and Sarah Fussell. Listen again next week when we return with The Revolution by Peter Fernandez. Another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Be sure to tune in next week and every week to Suspense on CBS Radio. Roma Wine presents Suspense. Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud! Hey, your health, senor. Roma Wine toasts the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. The Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight in Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you the MGM star, Miss Lucille Ball. The suspense play which stars Miss Ball, which is produced and directed by William Spear, is called Dime a Dance. It deals, as you will presently know, with Broadway life and sudden death. Both set to music. And so with Diamond Dance and with the performance of Lucille Ball as a red-haired young lady named Ginger Allen, Roma Wines again hope to keep you in suspense. Have you ever danced with a murder? Doesn't cost any more for the extra thrill. It's only a dime. How could I do it, you say? I had to, to save my own life. I'm Joy Lanka.
Dollar. One of the places just off Broadway in the 40s, you know the kind of place. Second-rate dance bands like Frankie Froman's 15 Frolickers. I was late to work that night. I ran down Broadway, scrambling through the crowd to the entrance of the Joyland. Hello, Max. Hey, Ginger. Better step on him, Marina's looking for you. Your lady's burning. I know it is. Julie, come in yet? Not yet. Here's the beautiful girl's place in the dance for this set, my dear. Well, good evening. So you finally decided to come, did you? Hi, Marina. Hello, Max. Hey, you ought to be. So did Julie. All the cash customers are waiting. I sent out the girls before Ollie is here, and you say I'm playing favorites. Well, blame it on Julie. She gave me a stand-up tonight. All right, so I'll blame it on Julie. Where is she? Isn't she here? No, and she ain't home neither, because I phoned her that minutes ago. I thought she was with you. And I thought she was here. Hey, if this is no gag, what happened to her? Well, that's what I'm beginning to wonder. Go on in and get your stuff on. She'll be all right. Yeah, maybe she slipped in while you were busy counting tickets or something. See you right away, Marina. Mom told me that foot powder. Looks like a heavy night out there. My feet still hurt from last night. Yeah, hey, Jerry. Uh, that's the way I am, Gertie. But I like every once in a while is a good, juicy night. I can't. No, not to be murdered herself. Tell me that dress, would you, Madam Defarge? The green one. Oh. Julie here? Not unless she's hiding in the closet, honey. Do any of you know where she is? Asking us. Ain't she your buddy? Maybe they had a fight. Well, did any of you hear from her? Why not ask Marino? He's been hanging around her. She was when the police discovered the body. Oh, cut it out, Mom. Then there was the Robinson gal out in oh. the woods, scared to death. They found a phonograph and record by a body didn't even belong to her. The murderer brought his own music. Oh, she was a dance-off only, too. Maybe some guy has it in for you girls. What's her character? Well, maybe one fella killed the both of them. Maybe there's a Dan Paul killer still at large getting ready for his next victim. Now, what do you think I pay you girls for anyway? I often wonder. You couldn't interest anybody in that chassis of yours, even with a set of dishes thrown in. Oh, All right, all of you, file out. I got something to tell you. Uh, come on, get out. Uh, Ginger, what I wanted to see you. I know, I know, Marino. I put you in the spot. I'll be dressed in a minute, and if you ward off those garlic eaters tonight, I'll work twice as hard and make it up to you. Oh, I'm in no spot, Ginger, but you are. Marino, what's the matter? What's happened? The police want to see you, Ginger. Police? What for? I didn't do anything. I'm sorry, Ginger, but... Something's happened to Julie. That's what the police want to see you by. Julie's dead. Dead? Murdered. All the way over in that police car with those two flat seats from homicide, I could see Marino's face when he said, Murdered. Poor Marino. We got out and walked up to the third floor of the building, to Julie's room. Marino never said a word. All right, sister, in here. Is, is, she, is she still in there? No, you won't have to look at her. Oh. How did it happen? Strangled. 
Well, why didn't she yell out? There were plenty of people around. Now, look, Ginger, we're asking the question. Oh. Yeah, but since you raised it, we figured a person who could get close enough to kill her was someone she felt safe with. Yeah, she was murdered by someone she trusted, by a friend. Well, I was the only friend she had. Yeah, so they'd tell us. Unless she had a boyfriend. Uh, who was her boyfriend? Yeah. If she was strangled, where did all the blood come from? Flatfoot didn't answer Marino. He shut up all at once as if he didn't have the heart to tell us the rest of it. His eyes gave him away, though. I got the whole score just following his gaze around the room. First, he looked at the little phonograph. By using bamboo needles, she could play it late at night. Soft, you know, so no one could hear it. The needle was worn down halfway, all all shredded as though it had been played over and over. Then his eyes wandered to a flat piece of paper that, that had eight or ten shiny new dimes on it. Some had little round flecks on them. Then his eyes went down to the rug. It was all pleated up in places, especially along the edges, as though something heavy, something, something lifeless had been dragged back and forth over it. You mean he danced with her after he killed her? Gave her a dime a dance even then? Now will you tell us? Who was her boyfriend? Play that record. Maybe she'll remember some guy they both knew who was kept on the piece. It was the only one he played. Well, what if someone asks me who you are? 
say I'm your new boyfriend. Oh, I don't get smart. I never had a boyfriend. Good. Now you've got one. Well, 35 girls on this musical chain gang. Why do you pick on me? Because we found out one more thing about the killer's habits. The two girls that were murdered before Julie both had red hair. Julie had red hair. Yeah. And so have you, baby. So I was set up as victim number four. Nice boss. Every night, like the milkman, just when the girls filed out to feast the arms and eyes of the wolves, there was Nick. Now, that was some comfort. Nothing personal, you understand, but it was also a comfort to see those other two flat feet on the job night after night. How's Ginger? Fine. How's Nick? Make a four minutes late. Miss me? Oh, I'm just a taxpayer that wants to see a public servant earn his money. <laughs> if the city got broke, I'd do this job for nothing. Uh-oh. Your straw boss, Marino, is giving you the high sign. Oh, I'll go see what he wants. You wait here. It's on your mind, Marino. Hey, who is that monkey hanging around you every night? He pays for his tickets, doesn't he? Yeah, but he never used them. Who is he? My boyfriend. Oh. You know him long? Long enough. Hey, carry yourself, Ginger. Don't worry, Marino. I know my way around, but thanks. Besides, we're not running any matrimonial bureau around here. you got to spread yourself around a little more. Share the wealth. There's other customers. All right. All now, right. Watch that, will you? All right. What's it? What did he want? Oh, nothing. Nick, is there any news? You know, it's a month since June. No, 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 no. Calm down, Redhead. Yeah, that's just it, that red hair. Look, why won't you let me dye it? Well, I've got my reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You great, big, silent, strong cop. <laughs> that's right. Those cops. And then came that night. That horrible night. I was late as usual, got to the dressing room, planning to dress in no second splash so I could get out on the floor and be with Nick. Somehow, I felt that I was going to need him that night. Some instinct told me it was a matter of life or death. Oh, no, it's the last one. But I like every once in a while. It's a good juicy mate. Come on, pass it off. What do you think I paid you for? Who are you looking out the door for, Ginger? Now, you take that thing with you. There was a real juicy... Oh, shut up, Mom, will you cut it off? Oh, I'm sorry, Ginger. I keep forgetting you and she was so cool. That's all right. I'm jittery. Laverne, have you seen my boyfriend? Not tonight. Maybe he got bored. Billy, have you seen Nick? You know, the tall, handsome tonight, Redhead. I guess he's giving you the air. Come on, come on up. What am I paying you for? Come on. What's the matter, Cynthia? Look like you've seen a ghost. What are you looking for out there? What's so fascinating about the clock? No, they're not there. Where are those two fat I want to know about that. Never mind that now. Where are they? Called off. Called off? That sounds screwed to me. The police headquarters figures they frightened off whoever they was looking for. But that's crazy. I'm going to fall. I won't do no good. I told them that anybody would wait till it cooled off before trying again. Now is when we should have protection. Well, come on. Get out on the floor. Come on, all of you. All, all, all. all right. I'll be out in a second. Really, I will, Marino. The burn. Yes, ma'am. As soon as Nick comes in, tell him to come right here. Tell him to tap on the door, will you? Turn out, Hey. What are you looking at me like that for, Ginger? Look, Mom, i got to talk to you. I can't go out there on the floor. I'm scared. What what are you staring holes in me for? Mom, you and I were here in this room the last night Julie was alive. The night she must have been killed, remember? You poor kid. Oh, we look like we gotta remember. We just dropped her. There was someone dancing with Julie that night. Some rum dum. Julie said something about him. I can't remember what it was she said. Oh you mean the one that hurt a hand? That's it. 
Oh, you've heard her hand. Then her wrist back when they were dancing. Yeah, that's the guy. She said it was almost like as if he got a kick out of her dinner. Yeah. And it's going. Yeah, now what else? What else? Well, Julie called him Mr. Mint Mixer. Oh, now we're getting somewhere, Mom. Yeah. Hard. Oh, he had Julie crazy dancing yeah. like a slap happy pug. I remember her describing it. He'd take three little steps to the right as if he was getting ready for a standing broad jump. That was it. Remember how Julie said she felt like screaming for Pete's sake if you're going to jump, jump. Yeah, three steps to the right and if you're going to jump, jump. Hey, what are you doing, Ginger? Some detective work? Getting some clues? You know who we're talking about, Mom? The killer. Oh! If he enjoyed hurting her like that, Mom. And when she was still alive, he'd enjoyed dancing with her after she was dead. Or he's worse than Poonface. Why, that's... There's someone i got to tell this to right away. Oh, where the... Nick! See you later, Mom. Hey. Oh, Nick. Hello, Nick. Are you traveling? Sure, it's me. Why not? I thought you were called off the case. We were. Then what are you doing here? Habit. Do you mind? No, you dumb ape, I don't mind. Boy, how I don't mind. And, uh, as long as it doesn't do it anymore, do you mind if I do something to you that I wanted to do today? Oh, it depends. I want to take you in my arms. All right, take me in your arms and dance. Anyway, for the time being. I'm a loving dancer. You're telling me. Nick. Nick, we got to talk. I just found out something about the killer that you ought to know. Later. I paid Marina for all the dances for the end. We can leave whenever you want. After this song, they play Dinah, and then comes the break. We can leave then. What makes you so sure? Well, the band always plays the song in the same order. Then they can sleep while they work. I tell time by them. <laughs> Slimehouse Blues means it's 10.45. Lady with a Tramp means 11.15. Dinah means 11.30. Never changes except when there's a request number. You know... I like everything about you. I like everything about you, but you're dancing. Let up on my hand, will you? You're bending it upside down. It hurts my wrist. I, uh, told you I was a rotten dancer. Well, for Pete's sake, don't dance like you were priming for a standing broad jump. If you're going to jump, jump. <laughs> That's not Dinah. No. Certainly isn't. It's a request number. Who requested it? I did. <laughs> Dancing that bad? No, no, I just, I think I'll have to stop at the air, I guess. I'll, I'll go in and get drink water, yeah. Drink water in the ladies' room. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll wait here, sir. I'll just see. Operator. Operator, give me the police department, homicide squad. This is Ginger Allen at Joyland. The third man you assigned to our place is... Third man? Uh, what third man? Nick Ballister, the one you assigned to protect me. We have no Nick Ballister, and there was no man assigned by us to protect you. It's the killer. He's taking me out with him. I don't know where to. Look, I'll, I'll leave a trail of ticket stub. Please come quick. Ginger. Uh, uh, goodbye, uh, Katie. Uh, sorry you couldn't work tonight. I'll, I'll fix it with Marino. 
How are you feeling? Shouldn't have come in here, Nick. Didn't you see the sign? All that. Men keep out, violators subject to arrest. <laughs> Didn't say positively. Besides, they wouldn't arrest the cop. Why couldn't you leave me in here alone? You were gone so long, I thought something happened. Nothing's happened. Yes. Don't ask me how, but I kept up a patter while we walked. All my brains were in my right hand to clutch those ticket stubs in my coat pocket. I kept dropping those stubs, making sure he didn't see. I tried to stay on the bright street, but he let me do the lonely one. The one we were on now was like a graveyard. No lights, no people. Suddenly, I felt my blood run cold. My fingers in that right-hand pocket fished around like a drowning man clutching for straws. The last ticket stub was gone. Ginger. Yes, Nick? I'm, uh, I'm hungry. Would you like some chop suey? Like it? Oh, I'd love it. He ate that chop suey with an appetite. Like a guy who had work to do. Work he was going to enjoy. I side-sneaked a glance at the jukebox without turning my head, you know, just my eyes. What a relief. All kinds of songs, but no poor butterfly. Nick was beginning to act nervous. He'd guzzle a cup of tea, pour another, keep looking over his shoulder like he was worried somebody might be following us. Then he'd grin like he used to and reach over for my hand. He pressed my fingers till they hurt. Hard, like he never pressed them before. I guess, I guess he couldn't wait. And suddenly he stood up. That's the weight of the check, Ginger. I'm just going to wash my hands. That's time we left. Hmm. Waiter, waiter, quick. Yes, you may. What will you be? I'm leaving. When my boyfriend comes out, tell him you think I went back to the, the, the powder room. A gag, you know, he's a deadbeat. I want to shake him. Maybe don't understand. Marino, how did you get here? Oh, Mom saw me. Then I followed your ticket stuff. He almost saw me. Come on, quick. Marino, thank heaven you got here. Come on, Marino, I, I can't run anymore. I'm, I won't last the block. You won't have to. There's a vacant house in the middle of the block. Here. There's a fair person coming. Hold up in here. No one lives here. Why? Please. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, oh, why did you stop the music? You came from the beginning of the racket. Marino! Yeah. Yeah, Muriel. You think you could hide from me with different names and different faces? Marino! Yeah. Why do you call me Muriel? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm Ginger, don't you remember? I'm Ginger Allen. Yeah, each time you tell me a different name, Muriel. If you can't get away by changing names. Marino! Well, the first time you changed your name when you married me before I left for Europe with that operatic company. Remember? You offered the place. Poor butterfly. No. You promised to love me forever. Help me. Somebody help me. Yeah, well, the next time you changed the name was when you thought I was dead. Lived on my insurance and I married another man. No matter how many times you change your name, you're real offer. No, not me. You killed him. You killed him, Marino, again and again. You only killed him last month, Marino. This time I think I have. She rises again. This time I'm going to kill you and your lover. Oh. This is the last time. Oh, and now, oh. now we can.
made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. That does it for Miss Lucille Ball, Miss Elspeth Eric, and Mr. Barry Kroger in Death Plays Cat and Mouse. Join me this coming Friday, guys, as I bring back to the show, back by popular demand, Miss Doris Day in two episodes guaranteed to tickle your funny bone. And then join me next week, guys, as I bring back to the show Mr. Boris Karloff, Mr. Peter Laurie, and the Wolfman in The Monsters Tell the Story Part 3, guaranteed to chill your spines. Then stay tuned for upcoming episodes such as Mr. Samuel Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show My Favorite Husband. Miss Agnes Moorhead and Mr. Bob Hope. If you guys enjoy the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And just to let you guys know that 
I am still running my Toys for Tots campaign. I hope you guys will consider donating. Please comment and share this podcast so that the more listeners I get, the more money I will be able to give to the Toys for Tots fundraiser. And that is now until December the 2nd. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And always remember, guys, to enjoy the show. Thanks.